This is Splice. Hey, Anu. Anu Good is to here. See you in here. Hi, how are you doing? Very well, Good. thank you. Very well. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I was like, I, uh, this is the very first time that I'm actually going on a Telegram video call such as this. So please excuse my clumsiness if I if I do so. <laughs> no, a lot of no, people are fine. discovering this for the first time with us, so that's kind of nice. Mm. Uh, uh, I've been meaning to, not, a, yeah. not anything live, but obviously with the pandemic and the lockdown, Clubhouse yeah. has been big in Mongolia. I mean, it just hit at the right time. Um, in so Mongolia, we did have longer um, lockdown. So well, 2020 hasn't been that bad for Mongolia, but 2021 has been hard with lockdown. So just when how Clubhouse was getting out, it just um, exploded in Mongolia. No, nobody had anything to do at home. So Clubhouse has been big, but I didn't. I haven't really joined much of a lot of rooms yet. But I think that actually gave me an idea to start a podcast an actual just audio podcast with a friend all right we should get started let's get started all right Rishan. let's do it man welcome to splice lo-fi it's september 24th 2021 this is our weekly live audio check-in with the splice community to see what everybody's up to and this is a 23rd time we've done this a bit <laughs> much longer than than i thought <laughs> we would go rishad uh, so we're recording this and we're, we're going to be putting this out later as a podcast so feel free to speak openly if you don't want to be uh, um, on record just let us know we'll take you on edit otherwise this is going to go out to the internet as uh, as it is uh put yourself on mute if you are not speaking and remember to unmute yourself when you speak and remember of course this is a conversation so we would love to have your questions uh, jump in whenever or type your question into the Telegram chat group. Um, and of course, if you can't stick around for the whole 30-minute session, just look this up as Splice Lo-Fi in your podcast app. So a little backstory here. We've been working on a media market audit um, for a company called Nest, run by our friend Doya, and an NGO called People in Need. And our mission in there is to figure out what's missing in the media ecosystem in Mongolia. And so this is why this is the second week running that we're featuring uh, someone from Mongolia on Splice Lo-Fi. Last week was Anand. This week, we're so happy to have Anu Harchu here. Anu, I'm going to be a little careful introducing you because I know you don't like to be called an influencer. So let's just say creator. Um, but you're really like a whole media company in and of yourself, aren't you? And th thank you, Rashad. Thank you, Alan, for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. And yes, Rashad, I mean, I do not like to be called an influencer. I think you did do remember that from our chat earlier, I guess, early uh, early this month. Um, yeah. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Anu and commonly known as Anu Harshjet. At this point in time, people refer to me as my full name here. And I used to be a broadcast network news anchor and now at the moment I'm a video creator creator uh, on YouTube and Instagram and I do some content consulting consultings for different clients at the moment and recently not recently I mean it's almost been a year in November I left my broadcasting job to pursue freelancing content creation full-time and it has been great you were at Bloomberg TV Mongolia for about eight years before you jumped over. Um, what was, I mean, you were an anchor there, 
right? So mm. you were highly visible. You were doing a lot. It was probably a great way to grow your career. Uh, and at some point, you decided, no, I'm going to step out of this and I'm going to get into YouTube or Instagram or, you know, the creative space. What drove mm -hmm. you to this? The creative industry as a more YouTube and Instagram, I did. I was an early adopter. About 11 years ago, actually, I joined. I created my first YouTube channel and started making videos when I was in college in my uni days. And then once I joined uh, Bloomberg, I did just put on a very long hiatus on content creation. And only in the last two, three years, I picked it back up and actually started doing weekly uh, videos just as a hobby. Um, I was, I'd like to call myself a creative procrastinator. Um, I was actually making YouTube videos when I should be working or should be um, doing my uh, thesis work and such. So, well, on, on for a few years, maybe like two years, I did run my channel alongside my career. Um, once I joined Bloomberg, it was actually a very rewarding experience where I learned a lot, especially about um, script writing, uh, very research, and um, well, it did make me make me a better public speaker. Um, at this moment, I'm actually probably not really representing that speaking in English, but um, so in the past, in the last two years of me working for broadcast television, uh, my audience grew and grew uh, quite fast, and at some point, uh, the revenue stream, revenues that is coming from the content creation surpass what I was making uh, working a full-time job and um, working in uh, news production it is a grind it is a very hard not people do still do it on a daily basis but I felt like it was about time that I go out of that very rigid time schedule and pursue more creative uh, roles uh, there so I just I guess it was a timing issue, and the company I was working for did, uh, did request that I should stop doing YouTube, and I decided not to do Bloomberg anymore, so I did the yeah. So your, your, your bosses obviously realized that you were doing this on the side uh, as a creator, and you were becoming more famous and more popular than, than you were you know, on, uh, on TV. Is that, is that yes. right? Yeah, uh, numbers-wise, uh, yes. Um, the audience was completely different, obviously. When my, the employer's audience were more of a business people who were in like mid-30 to 40, maybe upper people. And on YouTube and on the creative side, I had much younger audience, like 25 to 34. So um, it did not really have that much of an overlap there. But I guess I, you did characterize it correctly, I think. So tell me, um, you know, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, uh, two, three weeks ago, what struck me was that how you brought a newsroom rigor and discipline to your work as a creator, right? It mm -hmm. it taught you a whole bunch of things that you still mm -hmm. carry into your work. I mean, I remember you saying that you're you you're on you're on your channel at seven a.m. every Monday morning. Um, without fail, and that your subscribers are usually waiting there for you. Yes, um, um, I mean every uh, most YouTube creators, uh, not in Mongolia, when uh, they in the states or so, talk about the YouTube algorithm, right? When you feed into the YouTube algorithm, where you automate it, not automate it, just train it in a way to be 
for them to be waiting for your content at a regular time, um, it does show your content uh, to more people on the browse feature per se. So that's what I was going for. So in the past two, maybe three years or so, when I actually started doing regular postings, I have decided to post new video every morning, every Monday morning. And in the beginning, it was 7 a.m. For about a year, I went ahead and posted new videos every week, at least once every week uh, on Mondays. And that really grew the audience where people were expecting it. But then I started getting some um, feedbacks where 9 a.m. was a bit too late for some people because it is uh, the beginning of the week and people are probably going to their work and such, having more of a 25 to 34 years of age audience. Um, they did have day jobs. so. Uh, they were started requesting maybe earlier posting. So I did listen to that. And I mean, it's, it's no trouble for me to post at 7 a.m. rather than 9 a.m. So I did start change the time to 7 a.m. And actually that did get much more traffic in the morning. So listening to your audience helps. And then having regular postings does help grow your audience and also feed the YouTube algorithm. That's, that's really interesting. So what is it about 7 a.m. do you think that works better for your audience? I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that someone's awake. Well, I mean, obviously people get up early, mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. but it's it sounds like um what's what's being suggested here is that people are getting up at 7 a.m. and as part of their morning routine, they are watching your videos. Is that is that your assumption as well? Exactly. That's what I think. Um between 7 a.m. or 9 a.m. where before their go to work regular people, regular nine to five work job working people do have a morning to fill in and something to watch or something to do during their cup of coffee, right? And people who are living on their own, even with their family do need to have, well, they don't have to have, but they want to have a content to consume in the morning. So I'm there to, I'm there with their morning coffee on a Monday. <laughs> See that makes a lot of sense. So much of how we how we consume our media is all based around rituals and stuff. But mm. you know, I uh, I remember you telling me that Team Anu Harchu is all about the Kanban. You know, you do mm. <laughs> used to do Trello and now you do ClickUp or something. Um, yes. Tell us about your production schedule. What are your rituals? What are your habits? Your schedule. Walk us mm. through that. Kanban has probably been the one, the greatest invention that has come to well any field, right? And the content production side, Kanban works amazingly as well. So uh, before I used to use Trello for my editorial calendar. So I do have this one. I did have this one board where I list every stages as a Kanban board. So there is a idea section. There is picked up for development section, and then uh, scripting, um, filming, editing, and then in review and also published lists, like every status or the stages of a content production. So whenever I get an idea about a content, I just put it in a card in the idea section so that I don't forget it later. I'll just, I mean, just dump my brain in there. So whenever I have a time or maybe somebody who wants to collaborate on a video, reach out to me. I do propose that those ideas from those ideas, page, I do propose some and maybe get 
pick that up into the to film or in production picked up for production stage so that card is taken through all the statuses up until publication so that helps a lot in planning uh, the creation process and also reporting wise i do have every stage is documented throughout the process so if i'm working with a sponsor or a partner as you do have all the processes all the statuses that is documented per se and it is also gives me much um well, I don't, serenity is a probably too big of a word, but I do feel a lot calmer if I, when I don't have all these details, details in my mind and rather than on a board. And recently I've moved from Trello to ClickUp to, to do a similar thing, but at the moment I'm finding the ClickUp board much more suitable for how my channel and channel grew. So uh, I did start up with a, with a, free platform now I'm using a paid one so that's it does that make sense <laughs> it makes a lot of sense um you know it's it really is almost exactly how newsrooms should should work mm -hmm. um and a mm -hmm. content calendar is is obviously one of the one of the basics speaking of basics so our friend Karen is asking in the in the chat uh she has a question for you uh which is tell us about working the algorithm on social while using the Cyrillic alphabet, is Google super robust with it? Mm, great question. Thank you for asking, Karen. Um, so most of my contents are in Mongolian, so it helps me to be using Cyrillic. Um, but here, uh, the youths do have the habits to still use the Latin alphabet, but rather just uh, phonet use it phonetically, um, so it's just written out in Latin language, but Latin letters, but in Mongolian language there. So um, I do try to have make my content searchable in the name, in the title. So all the titles are written in Cyrillic font in the beginning, and also I try to include whatever corresponding English words in the metadata so that somebody who is searching it do will be able to find it and also I write out the, the tags in the meta metadata with Latin letters but in Mongolian if that makes sense so that anybody who's searching for it even if they're probably not using any Cyrillic alphabet that they would be able to find uh, the videos there and also having uh, making my thumbnails uh, on especially on YouTube in English does help uh, drive the views because you know, people who are using uh, YouTube as a content source, uh, at least somebody who has created an account, who has a tendency to subscribe to people who are, let's say, more um, YouTube literate, do tend to be English speakers already. So communicating what's in the content, both in Mongolian and in English, through the title and also the thumbnail helps, I think. Um, I'm not fully sure if that uh, is the correct way to do it, but it has been working out for me and for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the other Cyrillic and then YouTube algorithm, right? Um, the algorithm part is probably the thumb out of metadata and tags that I'm writing out in the details. So that's what I've been doing. Hope that answers your question, Karen. 
I think that's a great question. Um, keep those questions coming in. Um, if anyone wants to jump in right now, go for it. Uh, because if not, I want to kind of slide in a related question to all that. Um, so I know it sounds like the entire production process is really quite involved. Um, how long does it take for you to to you know plan something, script it, shoot it, edit it, produce it, do all the metadata, all of that, even before the point of, of getting it out on, on social? Um, how long does it take to do one video? It really depends on what type of video that is being produced. Um, at the shortest time, at the shortest, I can probably do it in five hours uh, if the if the content is like easy and if it's a, just a sit down video without much of a graphics in the edit section, maybe a rant or something. So five hours to the longest it took me was about a month and a half. Um, it wasn't the creation part, it's more of a more of the brainstorming and then going back and forth with the partner that I was working with at the moment. So yeah, a month and a half can can be some can be uh, there are instances that it takes that long. But on average, I shoot a video on a Saturday and then maybe start editing it in the afternoon or on a Saturday. Maybe that takes up, up to like four or five hours, uh, maybe, and then posting it, scheduling it for Monday. So uh, depends, really depends. I mean, you do know the Moore's law and that any content, any work that you do will expand to the amount of time that you're given to yourself, right? So uh, it can, it can take anywhere from between five hours to maybe a week or so. That is usually week is usually uh, something that, um, that some uh, the amount of time that takes me from the inception of the idea to the publication. But it, I'm not like, constantly working on that single video and there. And that's just a video. I mean, not to mention, you know, you do uh, you. And you you mentioned that you put into your your Kanban boards, you put in the you know your sales stuff and your marketing stuff and the mm -hmm. deals you're doing, uh, the sponsorships, um, mm -hmm. all the product placements, and you're still doing all of this by yourself. I was amazed when I spoke to you that you don't have like a hundred and fifty three people working with you. <laughs> it's just you so far. Mm. So far, yes. Yeah. So. A lot of help needed people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 you know, this is, this is the place to do it. If you want to, if you want uh, hire people, you need to make the call here. A Spice community will, will come to your rescue. Thank you. So, so I want to, I want to, I have a little what if question. Okay. And by the way, if anybody else has questions, please jump in. Either unmute yourself or pop it in the the Telegram chat, and we will ask it for you. But I have a what if question: If you were to, if somebody made you an offer you couldn't refuse, and they said, you know, please come back and run our newsroom, um, you know, for for like an unbelievable unbelievable fee, but you could still do your creator stuff. What lessons would you bring back to that newsroom from what you now know as a creator? Mm -hmm. So that is given where I am. I have accepted the offer, right? Right. The bigger question You've is, accepted. will I actually accepted it? Uh -huh. You've got uh -huh. to accept this 
offer um, with you know the creative freedom to do exactly okay. what you want. So in terms of staffing, production, content, audience management, all of it. Mm-hmm. What would you do? I would probably make the whole production much leaner. Um, the machinery is very big and then just moves a lot slower. Every step of the production is dependent on somebody else. Uh, a lot of people get involved, the scriptwriter, the editor, and then the videographer, the ed- video editor, and then comes along another supervising editor. And every step takes many people. So I would probably try to do much leaner production, much probably not like one person handles everything, but maybe just keep it under two maybe or three or such so that the production time is much shorter and we're bringing out much a lot more packages quicker um the reason why these package production time is much longer is that um, these news productions strive for perfection right obviously we need to follow the news rules with the five W's and 1H that when, what, who, which, uh, all those where, how, and those needs to be answered the question. And also it has to be factual. So fact checking takes a while, but one principle of news is fast, one of the five F's. So I would probably work on the fast much more without compromising the factualness. So or probably let go of the video video quality, but rather than the speed and factualness would be where I would lead there. So and hire much more creative people. <laughs> Don't limit ourselves to only hiring journalists, but rather than creative people or curious people who wants to tell different stories um, and doesn't really, who doesn't really need a college degree to do so. So lowering hiring standards, opening up hiring standards and lowering the end quality, video quality requirements. <laughs> that's, that's the first things that's come to my mind. I think there's so much for, uh, for broadcasters to learn from, from creators, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So if I could just kind of, maybe I'll make this my last one because I, you know, I would love to, to hear from, uh, from the community as well. Um, what advice do you have for anyone who wants to leave their newsroom and becoming, you know, and to become a uh, an influencer like you, what is the one thing that that you think they need to know? Uh, and also, what do you wish you knew before you started? As a content creator, I mean, when I before I went full time, you mean? Correct. Mm, uh, work on your people skills. Um, I, to this day, I still suck at it. So, working on your people skills does open doors and uh, make, transa- make make interactions and maybe working with partners a lot smoother. So try to do that and go out and meet a lot of people as much as possible. And previously, I really hadn't really expanded who I know and my, my acquaintance circles. So at the moment, I still regret that. So... Before going out there, meet as many people as possible and make connections and work on your people skills is the, probably the most important part. Some people might be 
thinking or expecting me to answer in a production side, maybe like learn to edit videos or like uh, learn to edit videos look super cool and such, and maybe get a camera or something. But that's not the important part. You can edit your film and edit your videos on your phone in the beginning, even that's enough. So develop those soft skills is probably the most important part. And, and don't get, don't be too shy uh, to put yourself out there. But, uh, but try not to. Well, um, I think, um, I think I said, told it, this to Rashad um, before, but one principle that I usually think is that try to put as much value as possible into a single second so that you are not wasting the people who are watching your content. So that type of journalistic, um, journalistic um, approach, I think, helped me in making myself one of the more valuable creators on the platform. So I'm not telling everybody to follow that route, but before starting your channel, maybe understand who you are and what you want to bring to the community here because it is pretty crowded at the moment so if you have that principle there to work for you won't lose yourself in the middle in the in the process does that make sense makes a lot of sense um you know i i remember you telling me this uh thing about value per second it it sounds like a great formula to live by but also a great principle to live by right I love that you were so true to that. And um, I think a lot of us in the whole media business, in the content business, we tend to forget that once in a while. Uh, we tend to get self-indulgent um, and we go on and on. But this whole, it seems like a great way to structure the, the work that you do. Um, you know, does this have, I, I remember you telling me you had an MBA in org design which yes. <laughs> which is another amazing facet about you that that we 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 keep learning about tell us about that how does that how does that work uh, with with what you what you do now um well uh, before doing youtube uh, more seriously i did uh, work for a publication here uh, forbes mongolia as one of the ops manager i was just appointed there somehow <laughs> so i thought i would invest in myself as a because I didn't, I didn't have any business administration background. I did study in international economic relations in college and then just learned from the job uh, in the media. And, and obviously you probably have noticed that I don't have a background, educational background in media as well. Um, so I just thought I would go for an MBA, maybe learn a few business administration tricks and such. And doing my courses there, um, the org design did just Call, call for me uh, there and probably me being so into Kanban and organization and journaling and just planning everything that was just innately in me so maybe that section of business administration just called for me so it was a good match and I do like to make charts and diagrams so that was for, was something that is that interested me from the discipline. So I did learn a lot in business classes, uh, things that I've never actually studied in my bachelor. So I did gain a lot of insight into how to run a business and how to do contracts. 
and work with a partner and such. So that probably did help me in managing the channel as a business, the, the creator as a business. So I do refer to myself, Anu, as a person and then Anu Hashtu as the, the brand. And uh, that helps me defining, like, uh, just separating the, the public persona and the private persona. So I think that helped. That's really amazing that that you were able to pick up all these skills before you know before you you embarked on this entrepreneurial journey. It's so important, I think. Um, uh, we're we're running up against the clock here, and I want to get in uh, Nitin Koka's question. He's he says he's in a loud spot, so he he just wrote this into the uh, to the chat box. How dependent are you on YouTube as a platform, and are you concerned about YouTube or other platforms and the way they change their algorithms? Uh, or they, you know, uh, what, or, or are you worried about their, you know, the changes that they could, they could bring that would change your, I guess, business uh, as a creator? Mm, that's probably the bane of every creator on the YouTube channel. We're like constantly afraid of the algorithm and then maybe even YouTube going away. <laughs> so I think we all do have that um, innate fear in us. So personally, um, at the moment, I'm, quite dependent i would say i'm not that independent from it. it it is a content creation is probably the biggest source of um, income that i'm getting at the moment but um with other similar to other creators i did try to diversify the income or the reach that i'm getting through different platforms and even creating merch merchandise and such so that even if youtube goes away um, I would still be around on different platforms. I actually started just yesterday, started doing daily vlogs on TikTok. Now I only have like 200 followers there. So, so it's like branching out to different platforms and just uh, diversifying your reach probably will help, but also just not limiting yourself to uh, content creation and going to merch and courses uh, or different uh, group uh, community management does help me feel a bit safer uh, and not as scared of YouTube going away. So I'm still on the journey there and I do get still get scared and concerned about such thing and uh, on my journey to diversify and secure uh, to reach a, a bit more secure position. I mean, I, I, you know, while I don't think YouTube's going away in a hurry, uh, uh, one of the one of the reasons they're still around is because people like you, you know, are 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 defining how to bring uh, content to people, um, putting putting your users first. Um, I'm going to start saying value per second. Uh, I'm going to start dropping that phrase into pretty much everything I say now. Um, <laughs> I mean, these are these are things that these are things that um, all of us should should uh, learn from. I I know that we definitely want to teach this uh, in in School of Splice and and what we're doing over there. Um, so much more to learn from you, Anu. Um, but if there are no questions, we're coming up on the half an hour that we usually allocate to Splice Lo-Fi lo episodes. Um, now is your chance. Jump in with a question for Anu or pitch her for a job on the still one-person Anu Harchu production team. Um, Alan and I uh, have our applications in already. 
Um, but you know, you'll have to fight us for that. Anu, thanks, thanks for being with us. Uh, thank you, thank thank you so you much for all of this. Uh, you'll find the recording as an episode in your favorite podcast app, or just go to splicemedia.com slash lo-fi, hit subscribe, uh, and please get in touch to let us know who you'd like to hear on this thing. We'll catch you next Friday, 11 a.m. Singapore time. And everybody who tuned in and asked a question, thank you for your interest. And please hit me up as Anu Hashjoon, probably every platform. I'm on YouTube, Instagram, now TikTok, newly TikTok. Uh, so yeah, and Twitter as well. So thank you. This is Splice. Wow, that was amazing. So wish we had more time. Anu, we've got to have lots more conversations with you soon. Yes, let's I know. do that. Um, Alan and I are both plotting things. Oh, Always. Let me let me know. <laughs> Always open to um, such things. <laughs>